Greetings and welcome back to another an ongoing series of Shur Mandaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We are now in Masachet Kiddushin, Perak Aleph Mishnah Bet, which is on Yodet Dalad Amud Bet at the top. And as I mentioned in the introduction to the Masachet, the first Perak was really a tour of, um, of ki- the world of Kinyanim. And we've gone from the Kinyan of Isha in Yivama to Kinyan of Eved Ivri. Important to note that the entire institution of Eved Ivri has been in abeyance and since uh, first by a time, because any time that the Yovel is not being practiced, Eved Ivri is not being practiced. So this is all very much Echotal Meshicha. Eved Ivri, Nabekesef, Uvishtar. So an Eved Ivri he can be purchased through Kesef Ishtar. He is freed through years, meaning once he's worked six years, he goes free. Uvi Yovel, if Yovel comes, meaning even before the six years, he goes free. Uvi Giron Kesef, Giron Kesef, meaning a prorated diminishing of money. We dealt with it a couple of ago as a reference, and now we're going to see it full force. An Amayivriya, meaning a Jewish handmaid, if you will call it that. Um, has one other form of liberation which inevitably doesn't have. The minute that she has simanim, it reaches a majority, she automatically goes free, regardless of how long she's been working there, regardless of where it is relative to years or yovel, etc. An Evid Nirtzah is an Evid Ivri who at the end of six years says, I want to stay here, and ends up staying until Yovel, and he becomes an Evid Nirtzah through the act of Ritzia of piercing his ear through the door, etc., as laid out in <coughs> in Mishpatim, in Shemot Chavalev, as we will see a little later on in our Sugya. He acquires his freedom either through Yovel or when his master dies. He is not inherited to the master's sons. All right, we will not be dealing with most of this Mishnah in this podcast. Most of it will come in the next few podcasts. We'll start with Ebed Ivri Nikna Bikasif. How do we know that an Ebed Ivri can be bought with Kasif? And Alan Makra Mikasif Miknato, that the Ebed Ivri can pay out part of the purchase price to get himself free early. So you see Mulamanchinabikasif. Obviously bought he's bought for Kasif, and that's part of what he calculates to pay out. Now, now we're going to get into an area that's going to take us through most of this podcast, which is the fact that there isn't one kind of Evid Ivri. There really are three. There's an Evid Ivri purchased uh, that's owned by a non-Jew. Now, of course, that will only work if it's a non-Jew who's under our jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Otherwise, the halachic mandate is meaningless. Uh, but if he's under our jurisdiction, we can direct him what to do. Uh, and this is something that's dealt with in Parshat Bahar, uh, in the middle of that parak, parak Hafei, uh, about a Jew who becomes bought, who is bought by a non-Jew. So I have reason to think, since the context of Mikasev Miknato is an Eved who's bought by a non-Jew, I would think, sure, the only Kenyan the Torah recognizes for a non-Jew is Kesef. Therefore, therefore, um, I understand that he, he can only buy an Eved Ivri by Kesef. However, there's also an Eved Ivri that's bought by a Jew. And I mentioned there's three kinds. So Eved Ivri bought by a Jew is the second half. And there are two kinds of that. One is where he sells himself, usually because of abject poverty, into slavery. And the second one is if he is sold because he stole and cannot pay back. Nimkar Vato. And on the top of the handout, I, I indicated the two. 
Now, how do I know that a Ebed Ivri bought by a Jew could also go up to Kasef? So, in the context of an Ebed Ivri bought by a Jew at the beginning of Parsha Mishpatim, it says that if he is redeemed, this is actually in the context of an Amevriya, and this proves that she can diminish her way out, lives pay prorated uh, buyout. Now, Ashkechan Amevriya. So, so far, we only know that it applies to Amevriya. And Amevriya, we say, is bought Pekasef, so they're okay, so that's so she can prorate her way out. And the reason I would say is because an Amevriya also serves a quasi-ishud function, because at the end of the period, she could be married to the master. Therefore, since Kiddusha Kasef, so fine, she's bought Pekasef. Ebed Ivri Menalam. But how do I know that you could buy an Ebed Ivri for Kasef? So, Amakra, Ki Macher Lecha Achicha Ivri Oha Ivriya. In the refer, in the context, remember, every Ivri shows up three times in, in Tanakh. One time in Mishpatim, one time in Re'em Be'ar, and one time in Re'ei. And in the context in Dvarim Tadvab, says if your Hebrew brother or Hebrew sister is sold to you, they work for six years. Makish Ivri Livriya. They, the Hebrew slave and the Hebrew man, maidservant are put next to each other to show you that since she's bought Pekasif, so is he. Now, that context in Re'e is talking about an Eved who was sold by Beitin because he stole. Ashkachan machru Beitin. Hoim karbal korcho. After all, he sold against his will, so I understand that Kesef works. Mocher But how do I know that a person has the ability to sell himself into indentured servitude, which is what Eved Ivri is, for Kesef? The answer is Yalif Sachir Sachir. Now, the word Sachir shows up in... Parshat Bahar, it also shows up in the one that we just mentioned in Re'eh, of Machruhu Beitin. So now, if we read that the word Sakhir in one place, the word Sakhir in another place is Xera Shava, that therefore ties an Eved, an Nimkar Legoin, an Eved Shemacharatzmo, sorry, a Machruhu Beitin, and Macharatzmo, then any rules that apply to one will apply to the other, and the limitations that we know about for one will apply to the other if we don't know differently. Fine. So if we know that Kesef works for Machruhu Beitin, Kesef works for Macharatzmo. Now, but we know that lurking out there, there's somebody who does not accept that Gzera Shava and does not apply Sachir Sachir. So that'll only work according to the one who does. And we'll go on a hunt to try to find out who does not accept that. So the answer is in the middle of the Parsha, Parsha Bahar, there is a Peace, we have that on the page. If you uh, have a, non, a, a Jew who is sold to a non-Jew, what, what's the vechitasig? Musaf alinyan rishon. To connect that parsha with the earlier parsha of an Ebed Ivri that's sold to a Jew. And the earlier parsha then learns from the later parsha. Just like the later parsha he's bought for Kasef, similarly the earlier one when he's sold to a Jew, he can be sold, he can sell himself for Kasef. All right, and that we've solved. So we've said, if we've gone through the entire route, we start with a Jew who's bought by a non-Jew, sold for Kesef. Then we went to Amevriya, Kesef. Then we finally found Machruhu Beitin, Kesef. And then either Sachir Sachir gets us to Makharatzmo, or else Vechitasig takes us directly from Nimkar Ligoy, which is our first proof, all the way back to Makharatzmo Li Yisrael, which is 
the point that we needed to solve. However, we see that there's somebody who does not accept Sakhir Sakhir and forces us to go this extra step, who Uman Tana Deloyalif Sakhir Sakhir, who is the Tana who does not read Sakhir Sakhir together? We saw that there was somebody out there who does not accept that Gzera Shava. The answer is, Hai Tana whom? It's this Tana. This is our first shot. So just as a preface, we read that the Parsha in Mishpatim is about someone who sells himself into slavery. So the Parsha in Re'eh is somebody who's sold due to, uh, due to having stolen. Alright, so now, If he sells himself, he can be sold for more than six. But if Beitin sells him, the max is six. If somebody sells himself, he can't be nirtza. Somebody who sells himself when he goes free does not get gifts from the uh, master. But if he's sold by Beitin, he does get that. If he sells himself into slavery, then his master cannot give him a shivcha kranit. But if Beitin sells him, then that does happen. So in other words, we see, according to this Tana, that four of the rules that we know, by one, do not apply to the other. Rabbi Lazar disagrees and says, Neither one of them is sold for more than six. Either one can have Ritzia. Either one will get the gifts when he leaves. Either one could be given a Shifcha Kranit, and there's a Heta for him to have relations with the Shifcha Kranit. The only point at which an Evid Ivri is different than a regular Jew. Now, my love, Bahakimi Palgi, isn't there Machlok at the following? The Tanakamalo Yolif Sacher Sacher, Rabbi Lazar Yolif Sacher Sacher. That the Tanakama um, does not accept Sacher Sacher, and therefore, and therefore does not apply what we know from one to the other. And Rabbi says we have Yalif Sacher Sacher. For whatever we know about one, we know what we learn to the other. So everybody, meaning both of these parties, agree that Sacher Sacher is valid. They're disagreeing about each pasuk. It's a local disagreement about each issue. Let's start. My time in the Tanakama was Tanakama's reasoning. That he says that a mocher atzmo can be sold for six or more than six. The Torah goes out of its way to be might and say, If your Hebrew brother or sister is sold to you, he can be, he can work for you for six years. He works for you for six years. Only this one is limited to six. V'idach, and what is Rebbelazer's position? Meaning he works for you, but not for your heir. Meaning it's limiting um, um, how long he can stay in the house, but not which one is limited to six. V'idach, and what will Tanakama say? It says, because not only he works for you six years, but he says, don't feel bad about giving all this stuff, because he worked for you for a double portion, a double Mishnes Chasachir, and therefore, that second one is there to mention to lock out the Yorech. says, no, that pasuk is just to make the master feel good that he's giving gifts. Tell him he worked for you very hard, so don't feel bad about the gifts. All right, so the machloket is local about the psukim. My time at So why does Tanakama think that somebody who sells himself cannot have Ritziah? Again, the Torah um, um, limited... Uh, in the context of Machru Beitin, which now now reading about Parshat Mishpatim, his master will push his ear through the all, or the all through his ear, only this one's ear, and not the ear of someone who sells himself. 
V'idach, what will the response be? Ha'hil That word ozen is there to create exerashava to tell me which ear it is. Tanya How do I know that I use the right ear? In the context of taharat hamitzora, it says you put the blood on the on the ear. And it says, no hayimanit, it says the right ear. So malahalan yamin, just like that ear is the right. Afkan yamin, here where the Torah does not stipulate explicitly, we know it's the right. Vidach, so what will Tanakama say back? Him can limakra ozen. Therefore it would only have to say ozen, my ozno, why does it say his ear? Say his ear and not someone who sold himself. Vidach, ahumi bayale, ozno, vola ozna. He said, no, I need ozno to tell me only a man can be with Nirza, not a woman. That he says I have from the parsha v'imyamar ha'eved. If the eved says I really want to stay here, ha'eved v'loama only a slave and not a slave girl. V'idach he said me byle He said you know why it says v'imyamar ha'eved not to say a man not a woman but rather he has to say it while he's still a slave. There has to be at least a shavapruta worth of his his servitude left before he says it. He can't already be free. V'idach mi eved ha'eved nafka. And so Tanakama says, that I get from the fact that it says Ha'eved, Vidach Eved Ha'eved Lodarish, and these things always tail out this way. Rabbi Lazar says, Eved Ha'eved is not a significant difference. Therefore, I couldn't learn it from there. Therefore, Ha'eved or Eved is there to tell me he has to still be an Eved. And Ozen, I need to tell me it's only him and not her. And therefore, um, um, it, it's, I have no, I have no exclusion, uh, to tell me that only a, uh, Mahrubetin has Ritzia. Alright, third part. My time at Tanakama da Amar in Manikim Lo. Why does he say that uh, someone who sells himself does not get all the gifts mentioned in Re'e? You give gifts to him. You give it to him, but not his heirs. If the ever dies, you don't have to give that money to his heirs, the gifts. Yorshava Milo, so why not? The Torah calls him a hireling. Just like if a fellow's working for you, and before you paid him, he died, you have to pay his heirs. Same thing here. So you can't knock out his heirs. Means that you, you give the gifts to him, but not to his creditor. Because normally we hold like Rabbi Natan, which is if A owes B and B owes C, A gives it directly to C. How do I know that if A is coming after B for money, B is coming after C for money, if it's the same amount of money, how do I know Beitin takes the money from C and gives it directly to A? You give it to the one to whom the debt is owed. Right, so atalov lafuke. So here, the word lo comes to exp- to ex- uh, to elimin- eliminate that and say, here you do not give the hanaka to his creditor. That piece, by the way, is known as shibur de rabinatan. Veidach, he said, baalmanamilos ferlan rabinatan. And, uh, and, uh, Rabbi La- and Tanakama will say, in general, we don't accept Rabbi Natan, so I don't need the word lo to take out Rabbi Natan. Lo is there to tell me, not mochor atzmo. Alright, the last piece is, my Tanatan Tanakama damer mochor atzmo in Rabbi Mosadosh Shivchakrani. Why does the Tanakama say that somebody who sells himself does not get a Shivchakrani, only someone sold by Beitin? So they, the way that they're reading it is that the Parsha Mishpatim um, and the Parsha in Re'e is Machru Beitin and the Parsha in Bahar is Machar Atzmo. So lo isha, if his master gives him a wife, lo, v'lo only this one and not someone who sells himself. 
V'idach, lo, means bal korcho, that he could force him to take this wife, to, to have uh, slave children with her. V'idach, mechimishnet schar sachir nafka, that we learned from the later pasuk and rei, it says he worked double for you. The Tanya, why do we say that this slave worked double? By the way, take a look at the Ibn Ezra there, very interesting point from a Pasuk in Yechishayahu. But for right now, normally somebody who works for you works during the day. He works day and night. You think you can make him work 24 hours? And Ebed Ivory has to be treated well with you. That's why he would want to stay. You have to feed him good food. With good drink. And Rav Yitzchak says, this is how we know that he gives him a shifcha knanit, and that's his nighttime work. In other words, during the day he works work, and at night he's living with a shifcha knanit and producing slave children for him. Alright, so that's how we know uh, that he does that. He says, yeah, if all I had was that pasuk, I would think that that's only if the Ebed agrees to it. So kamashmalan. Therefore, I need the word low to tell me that the master can force him to take it, but not to limit it to, uh, to cutting out, um, uh, macharat smo. So now, what we've gone, gone is through all four disputes between Rabbalazar and Tanakama, don't ride on Sakhir Sakhir. Everybody accepts Sakhir Sakhir. But Tanakama, in each case, finds a local exclusion that knocks out the application of that halacha to Mocharatzmo. Rabbalazar does not see that exclusion. But Sakhir Sakhir remains, which means we have not yet found a Tana who does not accept Sakhir Sakhir, which was the premise of the entire presentation. So let's try again. Elaman Tana de lo Yolif Sakhir Sakhir. Hai Tana hu. It's this Tana. The Tanya Vishavam Mishpachto. It says that he returns to his family. This is somebody who sold himself into slavery. Who is this? Even Mocharatzmo, if this is a guy who sold himself, it says that earlier in the Pasuk. Even Nirza, if this is somebody who is Nirza, this must be talking about somebody who was sold by Beitin only a few years before the Yovel, less than six. He goes free with Yovel. But if you think that Rabbi Elizabeth Yaakov accepts Sakhir Sakhir, why does he need to learn from another place the same rule? After all, all all every cases should be the same. So Rachma Yitzchak Leolam Yolif Sakhir Sakhir says, you know what? He accepts Sakhir Sakhir. With Starik Sakhir Chamena Macharat Smohu Delo Avadi Sura. I would have reason to think the Torah has to still go out of its way and say that an Eved Shemimkar Shemachru Beitin goes free at Yovel, even if it's before six years. Because I would think, sure, Yovel releases a Macharatz, well, he didn't do anything wrong. He's not there because he did something wrong. Perhaps selling himself was wrong. Machru Beitin, Dovid Isura, but as fellow who was sold by Beitin, he violated something, he stole. Eman Niklesei, I might think that we should fine him and make him stay after Yovel. So Kamash Malan. And parenthetically, Amar Iman Nirzai Kvaramur, Elizabeth Yaakov said, we already have a pasuk that tells me that a Nirzah goes free at Yovel. So this must, pasuk must be talking about Machru Beitin. So, Mahi, where do we, where does it say about Nirzah? Titania, Vishav, Tem Isha Lachuzato, Vishav Mishpachto Tashuvu. At Yovel, everybody goes back to their holdings and everybody goes back to their family. Makatuba Devar, what's that pasuk talking about? Even Macharat Svokrav Varmur. Machru Beitin, Akvar Arikvarmur. So we're now starting with the opposite premise that we've already got a pasuk that tells me that Mocheratzmo goes free and that Machrubetin goes free and this pasuk must be there to tell me that um, Nirza, even if it's only a couple years before the Yovel, goes free. 
So my mashma, how did you figure that that pasuk is talking about an irtza? Rashila makra ish, because it says v'shavtem ish al mishalachuzato. What thing is unique to male slaves and, and female slaves don't have? That's Ritzia. So therefore, each, that Pasuk must be talking about a Nirtza, therefore it's already covered, and that is why Belaz when Yaakov says the other Pasuk that's left must be because of Machru Beitin. Now, why do I need for the Torah to tell me that everyone goes free in Yovel separately? Why? If I only had the Pasuk Machru Beitin, I would say, sure, I would think that he doesn't go free because he obviously hasn't paid up his debt yet. So, uh, therefore, I would think that I would, I would, uh, I wouldn't know. But a, sorry, but a Nirza whose time came and nonetheless he said, I'm going to stay, maybe we should find him and he shouldn't go free. If I only knew Nirza, Mishum Davad Lashesh, he already did the six years, he did more. Machur Beitin didn't yet do six years, Amalo, maybe he shouldn't go free. Sricha. I have to say he works forever, and then I also have to say he goes back. If the Torah only said he works forever, I would think it's really forever, not Therefore the Torah says you return. If the Torah said you return, I would think that means you only return if you didn't yet do Sheish. He should not have his end be worse than his beginning. Right? Just like the Eved Nirza started out by working for six. Right? They, uh, so, um, so at the end he should only have six, which means the maximum he could stay would be 12 years. Therefore the Torah says, That the options are six or till Yovel. Now, so again, we're still looking for the Tana who does not accept Sacher Sacher. The answer is Rebihi. The Tanya, the Torah says that if a, uh, if a, a, um, somebody who's sold to a non-Jew cannot be redeemed through relatives, etc., this fellow is redeemed only by relatives, etc., but not through six years. We'll see, this is, of course, a non-Jew who's under our jurisdiction. Shiachol, I might think, Valodinu, Kalvachomer, Mami, Shinuni, Galbeile, and Ebedee, you can't be redeemed by relatives coming and buying him out. Nigalbeshesh, six years does free him. Zeshini, Galbeile, and Adin, Shinuni, Galbeshesh. So somebody who is redeemed through relatives certainly should be redeemed by Shesh. Therefore, it says about an, a, a Jew bought by a non-Jew, Beile. He can only redeem Beile, Nigalbeine, Nigalbeshesh. And if you think Rebbe held Sacher Sacher, why does he start with the assumption that an Eved Ivri who uh, sold to a Jew cannot be redeemed by Ela? And all the Avonim should have the same kind of freedom. Rebbe does accept Sacher Sacher. Here the Torah says that his cousin, his brother, should come and redeem him. And just like we had in our first analysis with Rabbi Lezer versus Chachamim, it's a local issue of drasha. Rabbi says, He shall redeem him, meaning only an Evid sold to a non-Jew and not an Evid sold to a Jew. Or, or souls himself to a Jew. Uman Tanah Paligalid Rabbi. By the way, who disagrees with the Rabbi? Which, by the way, we still have not found anybody who does not accept Sacher Sacher. The answer is Rabbi Yosef Lili Rabbi Akiva. Tatanya Lo Yigael Be'ele. 
If he's not redeemed through these, what does that mean? If he's redeemed by relatives, he goes free. If somebody else comes and redeems him, he becomes their slave. No, if the relatives come and redeem him, then he's enslaved to them. Anybody else redeems him, he goes free. Now my time at Rabbi Yosegli, why does Rabbi Yosegli say that relatives freeing him sets him free? I'm a crime. Meaning if he's not redeemed through these, rather through somebody else, then he goes free during Yovel. Meaning he's enslaved to them till Yovel. Meaning if he's not redeemed through anything but these, then he goes free by Yovel. If he's redeemed by somebody else, he goes free right away. It doesn't say Ella Ba'ela. Ella Ba'ela. So that can't be the Machloket. It must be this Machloket. Or his cousin or his uncle, his uncle, his cousin redeems him. That refers to relatives, obviously. Or if he gets enough money, that's redeeming himself. That's somebody else, which is not mentioned in the Pasuk. That's how they're reading it. Um, so the Mikra is darshaned backwards. Shari gulat krovim agulat atzmo. Meaning that gulat krovim, which is the first mention of the Pasuk, gets connected to gulat atzmo, which is the middle one. Ma gulat atzmo l'shikur. Just like if you redeem yourself, you go free. Af gulat krovim l'shikur. Same thing if your relatives redeem you. Kiva savar mikra nirash l'acharav. You read it rather following. You know, there's the one in the middle we know. Shari gulat acherim ma gulat atzmo. Gulat atzmo is in the middle, and afterwards is gulat acherim. Ma gulat atzmo l'shichur. Just like if you redeem yourself, you go free. Av gulat acherim l'shichur. Similarly, if others redeem you, you go free. But if your relatives redeem you, you're enslaved to them till Yovel. So, yachi ba'ela l'amali. So, why does the Torah then say, lo yigal ba'ela? So, yilav ba'ela v'men emikran indrash ba'ela fanav ba'ela charav. If it didn't have ela, I would think the pasuk goes in both directions. V'akol l'shichur, which we're going to see in a minute. So we go back to our original question here about Rabbi Yosef Lili um, uh, and, and Rabbi Kiva, that if normally you would take the Pasuk and you would read it both in and out, meaning in front and back, here just because it says Be'ela, then, um, then why does Rabbi Akiva decide to go this way and Rabbi Yosef Lili decide to go that way? In other words, if we're saying that there isn't a general approach that the pasuk should always be read as flipping backwards or flipping forwards as far as what it informs, and generally it would inform in both directions, but Pe'ela limits it, then why did Rabbi Kiva choose to limit it one way and realistically the other way? Right? So then, the answer is, the whole thing comes down to Svar. It makes sense that if somebody else redeems him, then he goes, he's enslaved to them. Who's going to redeem him? If they're just going to give money and not get a, a servant out of it. It makes sense that if you crove him, redeem you, then you get enslaved. If he goes free, then what he'll do is he'll go and sell himself every day, and the relatives will feel a, a stronger responsibility to free him. This takes us back to Sugi in the fourth parak of Gittin. And they'll have to redeem him every time, but they won't, that won't happen if they enslave him as a result. And, of course, Rebbe. Chacham say that whether relatives redeem him or whether his other people redeem him, he goes free. So, man Chacham, who's Chachamim? The answer is Rebbe. 
The Mapik Lelahai Be'elo, the Drash Achrina. Rebbe learns Eila as being one that excludes a Machar Atzmo, a name called the Yisrael, from the redemption of relatives. So Eila is not there to limit which direction to read the Pasuk. He says they all go free. Mikran Drash Ben Lefanav Ben Macharav. Which, by the way, means we're holding on to that principle. We're just saying that's not what animated the Machloku to Makiva Rabbi Yosekli. There was a Sephora laid on top of that. Now, for Rabbi Haivi Atzabishnatu Yuval Mayavile. So he says, what does he do with this Pasuk Vitzabishnatu Yuval if he agrees that we learn Sacher Sacher? The answer is, Mibaile the Chiritanya. And for the following, Vitzabishnatu Yuval. This is talking about a Jew bought by a non-Jew, and the non-Jew is under our jurisdiction. Maybe it's any non-Jew. What do we do to him? So is there to tell you that the entire context of that description of a Jew bought by a non-Jew is only a non-Jew who is under our control and therefore will heed us if we direct him what to do. Otherwise, it's, there's nothing going. Okay, uh, we will stop at this point, pick it up in the next uh, podcast at uh, Star. We'll start looking at the various forms of, uh, of Kenyan Ebed Ivri and Giron Kesef and Amma Ivriya. One should have a wonderful day.